0: Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the 11th House Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Kian O'Brien, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. This podcast has been a long-held dream and ambition of mine, combining two of my biggest passions, amazing conversations and astrology. I could think of no other person to have as my cardinal guest than the one and only Andrew Smith. Andrew has been a full-time working astrologer since the mid-90s and founded the Blue Rose Astrology School with his wife Karen in 2011. In this episode, Andrew and I discuss his formative years and path into astrology, forging a career as an astrologer in the mid-90s in Ireland, and then go on to discuss the influence of Saturn in Pisces historically and the larger astrological themes at play since the beginning of 2020 and into the future andrew is adept in many different areas beyond astrology including history and politics and so our conversation goes far and wide i hope you enjoy listening to it as much as i did recording it you can find out more about andrew true's website andrewsmith.ie and now without further ado my conversation with andrew smith andrew smith welcome to the inaugural episode of the 11th house astrology podcast
1: thank you so much for asking me Really appreciate it's it. such a pleasure to have you it's great great that we can do this just as we head towards the capricorn new moon
0: two things i want to touch upon and they're both uh mercury related the first is that i know we both have uh mercury and pisces so i'm gonna ask the listeners and viewers to bear with us because it might get a little bit tangential at times (laughs) but uh the other thing as well is something i commented on just before we started was that i first reached out to you three months ago when the new moon in virgo was taking place and mercury had just stationed forward from its retrograde period and we are currently a day after mercury has stationed forward and like i said to you this morning the waning gibbous moon is
1: in virgo so there's a nice kind of synchronous Mm. repeating of cycles there there is i mean also if you if you take the notion that we live in a vibratory universe and Mm -hmm. therefore there's a particular tune that individuals resonate to and unconsciously or consciously, there's a sympathetic resonance that takes place that brings people together at certain, certain times where you, as an astrologer, as you know, you can start to analyze that and start to look at the technicalities of it, but it's also just a heart-based feeling. Guys. Yeah. I think,
0: I think as well, some something else we have in common is that we're both Pisces and I think, uh, the Piscean approach to life is often very intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for myself, when I try to apply too much structure to my life, things start to go awry and I, I kind of prefer relying on my instincts more okay. often than not. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I suppose uh, <clears throat> I differ in, slightly in yeah. that, that regard, though the underlying rhythm of mm-hmm. this two way feeling, you know, this, this oscillatory feeling is there, but I have a, yeah. a slightly different orientation yeah. at yeah. this age and stage anyway.
0: Yeah. Some people ask me how I got into astrology. The thing that comes to mind is one of my earliest memories. And my mother, who's very spiritual and mystically inclined, she, over our bathtub in my childhood home, had a little brass uh, zodiac. Oh, cool. And one of my very earliest memories is, is while I was being bathed, seeing that on the wall. And I remember my mother, because there was three fish in the center of it, um, telling me that I was a Pisces. And I remember projecting significance onto that astrology, the Zodiac, oh, and man. kind of very formative memory, because mm. I would then go on mm, to mm. have an interest in most things kind of esoteric and mystical, mm. but particularly astrology. Mm because I feel like it's such a beautiful tapestry of, mm. of everything, really, mm. symbology, archetypal representation, cycles. Mm. Um, can I ask you what your earliest memory of astrology is?
1: Um, the one that jumps to mind here is, uh, outside of actually just reflecting on what you're saying, at the age that you were in the bathtub, you know, seeing mm-hmm. it. I was a lot older. I was in my teens, and that was my sister uh, whom was dating a Leo called Robert he was a musician street musician and she as an Aries got this book on good compatibility between Aries and Leo and I do remember being slightly more dismissive of that at that stage because I was in a very different place in my life in my in my teen years but the interest however in in uh, a deeper consciousness which obviously i can now call a deeper consciousness, but at the ch- time like questioning more existentially was something that was always just part of our family mm-hmm. know, growing up but it was largely largely influenced by uh my own love of the stars which wasn't from the astrology perspective but more from a sci-fi um, perspective mm-hmm. um because the probably the uh, looking back now, retrospective, how I got into astrology, it was actually through the love of Star Wars, mm. um, which I did see for my seventh birthday in uh, O'Connell Street. and wow. I remember being terrified because I remember the first opening scene. You know, with um, uh, the uh, Mr. Vader, Mr. Vader coming on uh, onto the uh, Princess Leia ship, and being terrified, mm-hmm. and saying to my dad, "I got to go," and he said, "No, we're not. We paid for this. We're staying." Yeah, and well, fortunately, we stayed. But what what drew me to the Star Wars uh, trilogy um, was more the concept of the Force. Rather than the you know the war uh, connotation, the adventure, or the hero's journey uh, guys, it was more this this essence that there's this invisible um, force that binds everything together, and that just sparked my imagination. Um, and like everybody in Ireland, I, I don't, I can't really speak for other cultures, but those of us who grew up in Ireland, um, back through. You know, 70s into the 80s grew up in quite uh, an, envir- an environment where there was a lot of talk around religion regardless of whether it was Catholic or Protestant and so there was a, a lot of frame of reference you know mm-hmm. uh, of exploring life um, through a framework which was uh, a moral or a uh, spiritual framework and so my I grew up um, as an outsider in Irish culture for numerous reasons, um, but particularly growing up as a Protestant in uh, in South Dublin, and not really understanding anything about mysticism because the Protestant Church has removed all aspects of mysticism, and is a very sterile, very black and white, very um, logical, you know, uh, way of looking at faith, as it were, and so I remember. Um, um, being uh, asking my mother when I was uh, probably the same as you when you were in the bathtub of why my friends weren't going to school on certain days and my mum trying to explain about saints and I was like well why don't we have saints you know and because there was no reference to any of that mysticism yeah. so it wasn't really until um, uh, I had a I won't go as far as seeing a near-death experience, but I was being a typical lad uh, borrowing my mum's car when I was 17 and I was late and I was driving too fast along a country road and lost control of the car in water in very heavy uh, rain. And the car aquaplaned and it started spinning, you know. Um, and I just remember crying out for help. Why do I cry out for help? Because the background was we went to church on a regular mm-hmm. basis. So the the knee-jerk reaction as the car was spinning was to call out, help and all I can remember from my my, you know from my perspective is the car miraculously stopped spinning just before I was about to wrap the car you know around a lamppost on the Ballyogan Road and interestingly um, at the same time that was happening my father woke up from sleeping and said and is in trouble and got into the car and went looking for me and found me about 25 minutes later, you know, uh, at the side of the road trying to fix um, uh, uh, um, uh, the wheel that had burst. And I remember going home with Dad and uh, giving thanks and gratitude and having what I now understand as a Kundalini experience where there was this bolt of, you know, light or energy just coursed through the crown all the way through three times, you know, uh, and Of course, I thought, Jesus, there was literally, you know, I've been saved and ironically became a born again Christian and gave myself into Christianity, which didn't last very long because I was asking a lot of questions all the time because I was on this philosophical path anyway and exploring and um, I'd asked some very well, questions which I now understand why they'd be offensive, as like such as, would it matter if Jesus was married? Would it matter if he and Mary actually had a relationship, had children? Do you know, that's that logical questions. Yeah, and right. I was dating a girl at the time from Cavan, from King's Court, and uh, I remember being taken aside by um, the uh, the Christians and saying, "Satan is getting at you," and I was like, well, "What do you mean?" And uh, it says, "Well." your girlfriend is not, hasn't, isn't one of the chosen. She isn't taking Christ to be her savior. And I thought like, you gotta be effing kidding me. I said, this woman who's actually very kind and non-judgmental doing all the things that you would mark off as being very Christian and charitable, except that she isn't born again. And you're telling me that she's taking me off the path. Anyway, she won. She broke up with me not long after, mind you. So I think the purpose <laughs> of that relationship was to steer me out of, of that. Yeah. But where, why, what this relates to astrology is that there was this searching that was going on from the age of seventeen, um, which brought me further and further down quite an esoteric path because I could find that the conventional an- the the answers that regular spirituality, you know, in terms of religion was uh, was was giving, wasn't wasn't providing any fodder, any meaning or any depth, mm-hmm. and so I was exploring and exploring. Um, still having a love of sci-fi still having a love of uh, you know kind of mysticism as it were and I ended up falling into university um, you know I didn't uh, most people I didn't get what I thought I wanted you know from uh, the, the final exams and that ended up in university doing a geography degree with environmental sciences and ironically that's an understanding of rhythm and pattern you know, as it plays out geographically. And I do recall a um, one of those random um, statements by a lecturer um, in November of 92, where <clears throat> we were plotting and, and discussing how climate gets impacted by, believe it or not, sunspot activity and <clears throat> the gaseous planets in the solar system and how, the gravitational pull of the big gaseous planets has an impact on the solar constant mm. and because the sun emits um you know a lot of energy that we can't see with our sense you know perceive with our senses but you know they're you know infrared light or the solar winds and that and how it had an impact on the alpha and beta particles in the atmosphere and how that had impact on climate that had an impact then on Agrarian practices yeah. and human. And I was just like, and it was literally Dr. Pete Coxon. It was a two-minute conversation or, or a statement, and it just, just a click went on in my mind, and it was like, that's amazing. That Jesus, I think that's why I'm here in college to hear, you know, four years to hear that two sent, two, 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 two sentences. So I went looking for extra reading yeah. material and happened to come across, um, you know, astrology in. Ironically, um, that was the lecture finished at five o'clock. I went to uh, up Dawson Street because I was in Trinity in in the center of Dublin and went to Waterstones to look for extra reading material. Mm. And I was in the science section because that's what I was studying. And there happened to be Jeff Mayer's You Can Teach Yourself Astrology in the wrong section. And I pulled it out, read the back leaf of it, which was to paraphrase. There's a correlation between celestial events and what takes place here on Earth. And I thought, that's what Coxon was talking about. Yeah. I didn't know that was astrology. And to be honest with you, Cian, it was only, I think it was two pounds at the time. And I could afford it as a student and mm-hmm. I bought it. And by the time I got home, I just knew that's where I was going. And I just had to see it at the rest of university, you know, because I knew I'm going down the astrology yeah. path. Yeah. So it was, it's a long, it's a, it's a circumambulatory story in the classic Piscean guise. <laughs> you know, which starts with Star Wars, moves away from that, has this background in spirituality and then through a, a peak experience at 17 and not having anybody to talk to about that and having to figure it out mm-hmm. and getting these signs saying, this is not the right path for you you know and actually quite blunt signs but yet still exploring mm-hmm. and then just a random conversation yeah. a, con- a convalescence yeah. yeah yeah and so it wasn't a story not like yourself where your mum is bathing you and you're staring up at yeah, the but images some, something
0: I, I've, I've noticed within the the themes of of each of these kind of formative moments water is present yeah. which is all which is all very piscean yeah, yeah. um and also religion as well it's it's hard it's hard to avoid particularly that that period of time in in ireland but it's also something that's kind of ever present and very present today in the media and unfortunately conflict is at the heart of of why it's been brought to our attention I mean,
1: as, as we know and this is not maybe a topic for today but i mean the entire bible the heavy astrological connotations within the bible is yeah. just there for all to see except yeah. that as we know that's been rewritten and distanced and mm-hmm. removed And apart from the very obvious three magis following a star to yeah. find that the you know, the um, uh, Christos, yeah,
0: you know, as it were, and also you you mentioned Star Wars as like yeah. a formative moment as well, and, yeah, yeah. and George Lucas drew heavily upon uh, Joseph Campbell, right, yes. and and astrotheology yeah. and the hero's journey and. And it's it's present in the the names of the characters.
1: Yeah, I mean it's. I mean I know George, uh, and I remember hearing an interview back in the early '80s about how important Joseph Campbell's work was mm-hmm. in helping to create a formula for the story. Yeah, you know, because he just had this concept of what the story should be, and I always remember being a kid listening because this was on the radio. It wasn't on TV, you know, and uh, Mum was a big uh, radio listener. And um, I remember the interview of him talking about there was going to be nine, there was going to be three to describe the story, two, three, and then three after. And, of course, sitting there as a kid, like, when are the other movies going to be made? And, of mm-hmm. course, they don't get made for <laughs> a couple of decades. And then... yeah you know episode one with the greatest specter is one of the biggest disappointments <laughs> you yeah know, but let's not go not there. worth waiting for <laughs> no it wasn't but i remember having brought karen and my stepdaughter uh uh sarah because we, we saw, i saw it in the u.s in in colorado uh, the phantom menace and literally it was only being launched at the time and it was like we're getting off the plane and straight to the uh, movie cinema which mm-hmm. we, were, we, we didn't do we waited a day and just that Disappointment at the uh, at the prequels, but that aside, um, I remember that interview and I'm talking about the 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 concept of the hero's journey and the cyclical pattern that uh, people have of the unfoldment of uh, moving through different stages in their own evolution. You know, from an Adir, an Adir. You know, a, a, a primal context of. Questing and searching and then having encounters along the way that start to chart, you know, and Mm. plot the uh, the path and certainly um, uh, If I look at for example from a technical perspective my own chart and what was unfolding Not like a clockwork guys, but just in the background of consciousness. I can plot my movement from Star Wars at seven You know through Mm -hmm. to the uh, the um, Nodal return at Mm -hmm. seventeen, going eighteen, through to the Uranus first square, you know, at twenty-one, in times that were seminal in shaping my journey onto you know the path of astrology. Because I've been now in astrology for over thirty years, you know, and I I've never worked at anything other than this.
0: Yeah, that's um, part of the reason why, the main reason, in fact, why uh, I could only think of one person to to be the inaugural guest. On, on the podcast is that you are somewhat of a pioneer in in Ireland as an astrologer and I've contacted other people to be potential guests and your name comes up over and over again as somebody who is an inspiration or just yeah. just a, as a as a kind of nexus pointer as, as a central kind of nodal point mm. um and you've you've articulated really well there like the environment that you grew up in and how in many ways uh, that environment can push you away from mystical pursuits and spirituality, mm. um, but it kind of pushed you towards mm. astrology. And
1: And to be fair, my parents who, neither of whom are astrology, and we have no astrologers in the family lineage. Now, to be fair, my great-grandfather, great-grandfather was an apothecary mm-hmm. in his spare time. So uh, he was a pharmacist, but he was making Herbal potions and remedies in Scotland, and I know my grandmother on my father's side was big into the playing cards and mm. into reading tea leaves and that. You know, as a bit of a, you know, a side yeah. hustle, as it were. But there was no reference to astrology at all. But there was, to be fair to both my parents, um, they were both accepting, though I would imagine privately behind closed doors, like, oh my god, he's lost it.
0: Being a male astrologer as well, which is something I'd like to get into later
1: yeah um, well being male and yeah. also born into a kind of middle-class protestant environment mm-hmm. where you go to private secondary school and you're being streamlined <coughs> into those mm-hmm. 1980s style jobs yeah. banking insurance yeah. and you know all that end of things and and to be fair um you know I, I think other people picked up on it well before i did because obviously i've always had a slightly different resonance to the collective you know and i, was, I always put up with being called different You know, and whether it was because I didn't drink alcohol as a a teenager Mm -hmm. and, you know, was quite adamant that that wasn't the pursuit or being a football player in a rugby school or Mm. being someone who was interested to talk existentially when nobody else was doing that at at 16. And and I remember, you know, obviously internalising that and not really being very uh, kind of public per se, quite shy and quite quiet in typical Piscean ways. But I remember going and and meeting with some of the people I was in school with and when they were asking me, what do I now do for a living? You know, and saying that none of them were that surprised to say, well, actually, I'm not that surprised to know Mm -hmm. that you've gone down that type of route because you're always different. You're always you're always the one that was approachable to talk the deep conversation. It's a really
0: affirming thing to hear, isn't it? Well, it (laughs) was, because you know yourself as a teenager,
1: you're riddled with all sorts of other inadequacies and you're trying to fit in and belong, yet having that real core sense of this doesn't resonate. But to be fair to my parents, I think privately they would have questioned what was going on, but they certainly didn't. They, They gave a lot of leeway. I don't think... My mother in particular wasn't too happy I was going down the astrology when I went down it but she didn't stop it mm. you know and yeah. she didn't dismiss it or she didn't yeah. castigate it but it was also I know that she I think she was thinking like how's he going to make a living like how is he going to get a, a mortgage yeah. how's he going? you know the typical Irish mommy but, but, thing. But, but
0: you have done and 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 that's kind of why I'd say you're a pioneer because nobody else was doing it in Ireland, right?
1: It's, it's my experience of the field of astrology, and is that
0: this is back in the 90s, by the way, right? Yeah, this back is in when the you 90s, first
1: there were people who were astrologers. Were they making a full living from it, or mm-hmm. were they just seeing a client a week? And yeah. with the greatest specs, um, and this sounds a little bit judgmental, um, but even from some of the literature that I was exposed to back in the 90s. I now understand that most of those astrologers were theoretical astrologers and not working astrologers. Mm-hmm. Or when they were working, they might be seeing a couple of people and then basing their ideas on just a limited mm-hmm. uh, experience of client interaction. And of course, obviously, I then had a few in America who were voluminous with clients, um, you know, in that guise. But yeah. in Ireland, I mean, There was an association called the Irish Astrological Association that I ended up finding um, about maybe eighteen months into my path. I realised there must be other people into this, Mm. you know, lark. And
0: uh, was there
1: many others? There was a class of my first class that I attended, which was probably one of the most one of the deepest disappointments of my astrology career. Um, You know, because the level of Astrology wasn't great mm-hmm. at all And having come straight from university I had a different expectation of what I would encounter yeah. And to encounter what I encountered was a disappointment Now, there was 20 odd in that class And there was only four of us who finished the class mm-hmm. And the four that finished were actually The woman who was now my wife And two women that became her closest girlfriends wow. And there was just the four of us in the end and I do think, um, in in the meaning, like the the cabin girl breaking up with me, I think the purpose of going to that class was to actually meet Karen and the two jeans, you know, because actually, ironically, um, we ended up, you know, not that long into studying astrology, we ended up setting up our own first attempt of a school because we were really frustrated that the people were my age now in the classroom that the there was an awful lot of superstition there was a lot of hyperbole there was a lot of cliches of all oh, pisces of the following all areas of are the following you know uh if you've got uranus in your seventh house you're kind of banjaxed when it comes down to relationships you got Saphim so it was reductive fifth. and prescriptive it was, it, incredibly but, yeah. narrow yeah with its scope and also frustrated being in my early 20s realizing there was nobody else here of our age group Mm -hmm. like where are all the young people so we decided to open up uh, in the House of Astrology on Parliament Street which was Robert Curry's um, uh, Equinox uh, franchise brought over to um, Temple Bar and we just approached um, the owner there to say can we rent a room and then we just took a uh, a handmade sign up on that saying if you're interested in classes we're going to run a couple of classes and then very quickly we were filled with people in their 20s and early 30s wow. um, what, what year was this 1996 96
0: okay yeah, so That's we were saturn in pisces yeah yeah uh, interesting time
1: it is actually because I, you know, my my entrance into astrology was just pre Saturn and Pisces, yeah. so my early stages. Which and um, why you're sharing that is because we're currently going through Saturn and Pisces. Yeah, and yeah, and I'd like
0: time. I'd like to get into that as well yeah. a little bit later. The the Saturn. Actually, why not why not get into it now? Yeah. Um, we are currently since March thirteenth this year, Saturn entered Pisces, which is uh, twenty eight odd year cycle. Yeah. The last time was 1996 when you established the school. Mm. While well, listening to an astrology podcast earlier in the year, I had the cycle pointed out to me um, of Saturn and Pisces, going back to the discovery of LSD by Albert Hoffman, 1935. Mm. And at the same time, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote The Hobbit. Mm. And then 28 odd years later, we had the Summer of Love, mm and Dune, the sci-fi novel, was Mm -hmm. released. Mm In that window so, so, so the summer
1: of love was a was a kind of maturation of the discovery of lsd well uh, technically speaking the saturn pisces was 64 to 66 just yeah. before that but there's yeah, a Renaissance that was going yeah, on yeah in that yeah yeah so so it's yeah. it's it's
0: like yeah within within proximity oh like, no absolutely yeah, yeah. and then 1996 was the release of the first game of thrones yeah. novel and the first kind of mainstream mm. uh, legislated uh, use of um psychedelics therapeutically in mm. america so mm. there's there's this kind of cycle every every 30 odd years yeah, yeah. connected to psychedelics and world building imaginal kind of fantasy and we are currently back in that period right now and i'd yeah. like to i'd like to get into like the why um something like psychedelics and why the kind of fantasy realm tends to pervade these periods Saturn in in Pisces
1: well if you if you take the 12 signs of the zodiac as being the uh stages of conscious development that we have here within this plane of existence let's not go into why 12 and not 18 or why not 27 um but we'll just take that in in plotting the path of our star you know, is seen from the earth around the, the uh, around the earth in itself. We've designated 12 sections of it, which are based on the premise of four building blocks of consciousness, you know, which is light or fire. There is soma or body, there's breath, you know, or air, and there's heart and water. And each of those um, elements, you know, uh, manifest in one of three ways outwardly, Inwardly or in a co-creative participatory manner cardinal fixed immutable and so the Piscean Genre is called mutable water right which is a co-creative heart-based imaginal guise where the Origin of our worlds is is actually through the co-creative process of people's imaginations coming together to imagine what it is that we can envision and this word Saturn, so each planet in our solar system is said to represent a particular way of approaching or perceiving the world, and the planets that are visible from the earth represent the constructs within human consciousness that are about the here and now and the everyday and the tangible. The planets that are so far out from the sun that can 't be seen the earth from the earth represent concepts that are important to the evolution of humanity, but not necessarily understood on a day to day basis. And so Saturn is this framework that is this buffer, this guardian of a threshold between the unseen and the seen and how we then start to inform or put structure, you know, in in a physical context around the consciousness that it's moving through at a a certain Mm. time. So when Saturn moves into Pisces, all of a sudden it becomes a a, a liminal feeling that emerges in the collective of how can we actually put a framework around the imaginal exchange that takes place between two people that is not based on reductiveness or not not based on logic, but based on a sense of timeless, spaceless, you know, exploration where we're going to remove ourselves from the framework of solidness and we're going to enter into a framework of just pure open, uh, free flowing expression. Mm. So if you think about what um, psychedelics technically do to a person's brain chemistry and their sense of reality where all of a sudden everything becomes really lucid and you see these classic post 1960s imagery of the, you know, the, you know, like you see it in the Beatles, um, mm. uh, *Sgt. Pepper album, and you see it with the with the um, their videos, you know, which are all trippy, you know, because mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, hey, man, you know, you and I on our energy field is starting to merge with each other and we're become, mm. we're becoming one, you know. And that language which is very typical of a certain aspect of mutable water or certain aspects of a planet associated with um you know with the transpersonal realm or neptune you certainly hear that an awful lot within the piscean language or people frequenting the piscean language like if it's venus and pisces and the heart yeah. venus is astrologically to do with that sense of how we bring pure spirit into manifestation yeah. Right So and boundaries that all, becoming yeah. diffuse and it becomes and, diffuse yeah. and it becomes like if you if you look at musicians or if you look at artists who've got Venus and Pisces, and you look at the form that it creates mm. where there's a an oceanicness, a nebulousness, yeah. a diffuseness with it. Yeah. So when Saturn reaches that, all of a sudden there's a, this feeling of we need to now. Put a framework around this, and we need to explore this. Yeah. So you get the likes of Stan Graf back in the '60s, who was then in a in a therapeutic context, starting to microdose with his clients on LSD mm-hmm. to open them up therapeutically, so mm-hmm. that he could get deeper with them. Now, obviously, as you know, um, as we progressed, we can actually understand that we can generate our own DMT, you know, through deep meditation and breath work. But of course. We also live in a time that some people are wanting to fast track themselves. And so we do have a little bit of an issue going on in the current contemporary society and in Ireland of people using psychedelics, but not necessarily how psychedelics were originally intended to be Mm. meant. And it's another form of, you know, uh, uh, escapism because obviously I came into astrology around also the conjunction of Uranus and Neptune in 93, which is another cycle associated with the elimination of the waking mind and the opening up of the third eye and also uh, to move through the fourth and to merge with the fifth dimensional consciousness. That in addition with the Saturn's entrance into Pisces back in the 90s saw a massive proliferation of literature emerging first time in Western culture not just about the eastern orientation that you got in the 60s you know where people were exploring hinduism and buddhism but are like real what we now call new age literature because mm. if i look at the literature that i could get you know freely available from the 80s it was susan jeffers heal will um, sorry uh, feel the fear and do it anyway or louise hayes you know heal yourself mm-hmm. And there wasn't that much and 93 comes and then saturn's entrance into pisces in 94 to 96 and there's this explosion of Mm -hmm. trying to put form on this very primal exchange you know that is a psychic exchange between people and so therefore it's not surprising that your research you know highlights the fact of we see a massive movement in sci-fi literature interest you know and I remember that very clearly because I was still very interested in that genre and uh then also the exploration of because I mean if you think about music and trance music that was going on at that time do you know where mm. there was a tremendous movement away from um you know traditional forms of music in yeah. the 80s i mean i personally think music died around stock and waterman around 1987 and then started re researching itself mm. with the grunge movement and then also then with trance and with yeah. raves and yeah. that where people were using psychedelics you know with rhythm yeah. you know in that case but that said um mm. it's fascinating to, to 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 do this correlation because with Saturn having moved into Pisces for the next couple of years, in Ireland, certainly, I can't speak for other parts of the world, I'm hearing from clients, like, massive stories of saying, like, you know, Kempo, you know, mm. uh, let's go and do the ayahuasca. Now, obviously, it's been around for quite some time. Yeah, but it, but but it, it's it, it definitely, it's, it's peaking. Yeah, And
0: and not just that, like, I've, I've noticed um, in my own life, personally, the the level of synchronicities has really proliferated this year and in conversation with other people i'm noticing that too that um meaningful coincidences are far more um present since since the beginning of the year and people are also talking more about the spiritual the mystical astrology Mm. um things like this And, and like you say psychedelic use has definitely increased but um all of this is encapsulated under the imaginal or the otherworldly, right? Mm. And, um
1: <clears throat> is it otherworldly? And that's the question. Well, you know? well, yeah, or is or, this just or, another basis of what yes, reality is that we're yeah. now putting a framework on?
0: And culture, mainstream culture, um, in many ways has always been shit. But particularly in the past 15 years has gotten really repetitive and reductive mm. and banal and and just shit Mm. and i feel like um there is somewhat of a renaissance in terms of the art that's being created people people are fed up with Mm. uh another star wars movie or another star wars tv show the marvel stuff yeah and just and 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 the script writing and the creativity just 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 not really Mm. being appealing to Mm -mm. to people's like deeper innate desire for an amazing story you know something that inspires you but i feel like there is there is a turn now there is a shift i think um where
1: you can see it in the movies and the music that's being created it's gone up a gear well if if you put a slight framework on this continuity of development of consciousness so we've come off the back of saturn moving through fixed air Mm -hmm. um which is has been a time where through 2020 through well the end of uh, the middle of 2020 end of 2020 and through to 23 where we've seen a focus on what is our voice and is our voice actually being heard and what is an original voice you know what's Mm -hmm. the inner voice which obviously there isn't a lot of you know or hasn't been a lot of and you know i certainly noticed uh in my circles People moving away from the formulaic stories, mm. you know, into let's hear a real story, let's hear a real truth, yeah. like somebody else's perspective, yeah. and so not this take the, the, the box
0: podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah, and certainly, I, I agree with you that since the ingress of Saturn into Pisces, there's been a lot more of a to the foreground for the average person an awareness that more is going on. Mm-hmm. you know, of a more imaginal guise, or I've, I've seen more people asking existential questions. And these are people who would be just ordinary individuals who are in, you know, everyday lives, because everybody has magic and mystery within yeah. their nature. But it's almost like given the last you know, couple of years, uh, and that's a, obviously a different type of cycle that's been gone on since the 12th of January, 2020, through to the 20th of February, mm-hmm. 26th. And given that this year, we come into the 45 degree mark from mm. the 12th of, of January, as Saturn and Pluto reach a, an octile in May and then in December this year, which we'll come back to. But I've noticed that there's a lot more of a sincere search. I don't know about a resurgence because with respects as an astrologer, astrology is one of these disciplines that has never gone away. There's always been a background interest mm. in astrology, full stop, and, and always
0: also has the uh, unique achievement, let's say, of being condemned by both religion and science, which is since since yeah. the establishment. I don't think so, any other craft has that.
1: No, and I mean like the the arguments for Apiaicus, the arguments around. You know, uh, fate and prediction and free will have yeah. been going on you know, for several millennia. It's not new. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, obviously St. Thomas of Aquinas and then a couple of the 12th and 13th century writers against astrology, their proclamations are still being churned out yeah. by in the 21st century. But it's interesting that, you know, uh, in my own perspective, that the current movement um, of, of social media And people being able to pour the contents of their interiority out in a visible manner to the world is the only difference that has happened that people are now thinking, oh, there's a resurgence in astrology as opposed to actually there's no further resurgence in the interest. And it's always been there. It's Mm -hmm. just more public and more visible than it has been before. Because astrology has been one of these pervading disciplines that has never gone away mm-hmm. And my, 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 my question to cynics from time to time at dinner parties is Can you explain to me why astrology has never gone away mm-hmm. Given other disciplines have fallen foul But astrology has persisted So surely if something's persisted is persisting there is something in it it that something truthful and 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 meaningful it's not just delusion or imagining guys because if we go back to sci-fi two people people listening to this might say there's two bloody you know men who are delusional talking about not coping reality and trying to create fantasy in that guys but one of the beautiful things about sci-fi and about fantasy is it gives the opportunity to world build and to say well if we were to do the following Mm -hmm. how would society be you know, which is what I believe is going on yeah. at this time, you know, as it did in the 90s, as it has in you know yeah. the 60s and, I, I, and I the think 30s. She, yeah. And I'm, I'm probably going back before that, too. Um, well, it is. I mean, technically speaking, just with me notes here, yeah. we have 1905, 1876, 1846 and 1817. hmm. And you can, um, the, I mean, 1905 was a seminal time around, you know, Einstein's theory, of relativity, H.G. Yeah. Wells, yeah. which was 1898. The Theosophical the theosophical Movement, movement well, which yeah. was again building through actually from the 1870s, but then really starting to establish yeah. which, Stein, well, Steiner started to have his question marks around theosophy mm-hmm. to build his own, you know, version yeah. of that. The seminal times in terms of our consciousness questioning. Yes. You know what is, to go back to your guys, the creative flow of the individual. Yeah. You know, and how that is shared between two people. Yeah, and also um,
0: Saturn being in Pisces is the end of the zodiac, right? So it's 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 the beginning of a new grander cycle. So it's it's almost like the Saturn in Pisces periods set the tone for the next. Thirty odd years, you know, in terms of like, uh, yeah. The, from
1: oh, sorry, my pause there is yeah. if it's a circle, where's the beginning in a circle? In, in terms of of um, framing this hypothetical period of
0: time, sure, sure. Um, it, it's it's like a a leaping off point, sure, for for culture for art. For creativity, but, but something else that also seems to happen in these periods is because we're dealing with Saturn, which is hierarchy and its structure, its governments and Pisces is diffuse, it's marginal, it's, it's mm. where things maybe mm. start to mm. dissolve and break down a little bit. These periods are also periods in time that, that represent society and the structure of society and the hierarchy
1: maybe mm. starting to come a little bit loose and a little bit chaotic. Well, if you think of that in very simple terms, if you get like the mid 60s, which Mm -hmm. is before, well, during the midst of a lot of the civil revolt in the United States and the rights movement and the feminist movement and the early stages of the environmental movement, because I think Rachel Carson was writing um, around that time, um, which was seminal work that inspired then the likes of James Lovelock that came out in 1968, 69 with the Gaia concept you get um, the mid 1930s, which is obviously the kind of rise of fascism in, in Europe, which is actually ironically, which not only led to the Second World War, but there was a lot of movement behind that of what mm. world do we want to, well, well, we could go conspiratorial with this, but Let's what, go world, what world <laughs> do we want to actually envision yeah. for ourselves? Which is interesting because um, for those who don't know astrology, Saturn in the language of astrology is really about creating some degree of order or structure Mm -hmm. You know to enable us to function on a day-to-day basis So it's movement through the signs describes what we are trying to put into place as a structure Mm -hmm. You know to try and not contain or limit it, but just to put a form on it But when it connects in with other what's called planetary cycles Those cycles are the building blocks in which we see the evolution of society. Mm -hmm. So if you look at Saturn aligned with Pluto which goes on between every 33 and 37 years, which is about a redistribution of power at some level. You know, Pluto being associated with this primal, libidinal, creative force that is needing to be sustained and contained mm-hmm. that can be destructive or can be life giving, mm-hmm. depending on which way yeah. it's steered. And then you get Neptune, which is associated with this concept of imaginal envisioning of something egalitarian that creates unity. And Saturn putting form on it. Now the two the space in time between the uh, lineups of Saturn and Pluto and Saturn and Neptune is six years. And if you look at the periodicity of these cycles and you go back in history terms, there's been a interlude in those times where the world has been a little loose, mm. a little chaotic and there's decisions being made during those time frames which ends up leading towards the establishment of a new world order mm-hmm. now whether that is in the star wars sense of the word you know uh you know in in terms of their um uh, consciousness or whether we actually see it in terms of some of the language that's been used by the wf and various different yep. other organizations are creating a new world yep. and it's interesting that um you know if you're looking at you know the movement between say um, the 1982 Saturn Pluto conjunction right, and the 1988 Saturn Neptune conjunction in the 1980s and you look at the choices that were made By the US government to open up the stock market to to hypothetical algorithms Mm -hmm. called derivatives for the stock market, which then enabled people to start making massive amount of money, Mm -hmm. you know And then Gorbachev looking at that and saying look, you know, Russia needs to do something of this guy's And so the start of the end of the Cold War period and then the renegotiation between America and Russia And then the wall coming down in 88 and 89, you know, creating a new world a paradigm, in that guys, yeah. you go back between nineteen forty-seven and nineteen fifty-three, where piece. we have the establishment of the UN, NATO, mm-hmm. you know, WHO, and a number of other organisations. Yeah. You know, during that time, in an egalitarian so it's guys. order out of chaos, order out of yeah. chaos. Who's steering the order at a chaos. Yeah. then we go back in 1912 to 1917, mm-hmm. you know, which was again The Great the time War, of the Great War. Mm-hmm. but then also the start the of the League of Nations The League of Nations yeah. and then Russia mm-hmm. deciding to become the USSR, yeah. you know, and going down the communist route yeah. And we're in that space at this time back. with Pisces, you know that Saturn and Pisces, mm-hmm. you know either preluding it or being in the middle of that, yeah. you know, because 1935 you know, through 37 was uh, kind of a strange period prior to the yeah. first world war, second world wars apologies, where there was again, a really deep searching and questing, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what are we doing mm-hmm. in society, you know, uh, in that guy. So we're, the fact that it's happening in the middle of this six year window, which with respects, if we're looking at the sign of the zodiac that, that these planets fall in, The last time Saturn and Pluto were in Capricorn and aligned with each other was just after Martin Luther's protest against the Catholic Church over the financial abuse of Rome towards its parishioners to get them into heaven, which was then capitalized by the Germans, Mm -hmm. who said, we're not happy with the taxes that we have to pay Rome let's build our own economic reality which has stayed in in in, in. which was
0: the end of a of an epoch really in terms of organized religion and yeah it
1: it was and if you actually look at what was going on in 1518 and and the years after that Mm -hmm. which was obviously the start of the protestant revolution socialism brought into into the religious context and also secularism as well because you know the reason i mentioned religion about my own context and growing up which Forgive those of you who are listening to this who are not in Ireland, mm-hmm. it's really important in Ireland. Like, we are yeah. an incredibly spiritually conscious and religiously conscious environment, even mm-hmm. though we've gone from, what was it 90 odd percent attendance at mass, you know, in the start of the 90s to, what was it 14 or 15 percent now? Maybe it's yeah. like minuscule. But yet, there's this core, you know, within the Irish yeah. psyche that looks at things in, uh, beyond the narrow confines. And so, know it's my connotation that the world that we have lived in over the last 500 years has been heavily steered by a secular non-spiritual objective rational reductionist Mm. guys which has come out of this protestant revolution yeah and and i'm not blaming protestantism on that but it was a step in that guise. and i just Mm -hmm. think it's fascinating that there is more people now starting to turn their back on that than there ever has been, even yeah. though, you know, science obviously has its own, you know, obviously we wouldn't have these cameras, we wouldn't have the lighting, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have computer technology if it wasn't for reductionist science. Yeah. But the soul, what you touched on, the soul of humanity which comes through storytelling through art yeah. through music and 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 is is, is all pointing towards archetypal absolutely um, energy and and symbolism and yeah. yeah and that soul has been suppressed and it's yeah. just fascinating with Saturn transiting yeah. through Pisces epically has mm-hmm. been almost like a reminder of no 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 humanity has a soul to it yeah. whatever that is and that's where we see these proliferations of the arts and yeah. this movement away of saturn in aquarius my, my inner voice i have to focus on and i'm mm-hmm. just dating something now i have to share it with the world i have to get it out there yeah you know through my art through my music through healing through insight you know and through the expiration, whether that is through you know the fast tracking and psychedelics because in psychedelic movement you know you are me i am you and mm-hmm. you can actually get to feel the dissolving of the boundaries yeah of reality because you merge directly with yeah. the tree with the <laughs> the the, the woods with yeah. each other you know and then guys and I do think it's necessary to do that because if you think then the peace love movement you know which encapsulated by you know John Lennon Yoko Ono's imagine song in 1970 which was speaking about humanity needs unity Mm-hmm. that is built on yeah. the pre- the preface of this Saturn yeah. Pisces movement so it's all part of this organic Yeah, wave.
0: and and those types of that type of rhetoric is coming up again it with, is, within it? within the new age and, and and it's purveying into the mainstream is mm. that like why can't we all just get along why can't we all just be one and um mm. yeah the the themes um the, you know there's the there's the kind of psychedelic creative imaginal um aspects of Saturn and Pisces it also seems to coincide with conflict you can you can think of like the second world war you can think of vietnam you can think of the gulf war and I, and I, I know that there's 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 wars at other periods throughout history I, yeah, but yeah. speaking to like order breaking down mm. tends to be a precursor to conflict mm. to people looking to re-establish order and, and on a geopolitical scale that tends to be conflict mm. we look at the world now uh, it's the 3rd of january 2024 we feel like we're on the precipice of potentially world war Three, and also just the world order being re-established so you mentioned martin luther and the, mm. the protestant revolt mm. and that that was the last time well the last time that saturn and pluto conjuncted in capricorn Capricorn, was the 11th of january 2020 yeah but what is that like 500 years yeah so before that was
1: january 20 something rather in 1518
0: yeah so so these are these are epoch Mm. ending Mm. and beginning times Mm. and so i think everybody can agree that that the gateway through which we passed on january 11th is Mm. is definitely the
1: beginning and the end of in epoch, uh, yeah, yeah, an epoch, yeah, as as we do with um, the Protestant Refo- Reformation, mm-hmm. and I mean, just the the language in that is that each sign has its own perception of reality, and Capricorn is known as a cardinal or initiating Earth mm-hmm. practical reality, so it's about building reality. Yeah, and so if you have this transmutational shift in the framework of how we create reality, as we did in 1518, and we did in January 2020 um we're in this inter interlude now of what is that reality going to feel Mm -hmm. like and unfortunately it takes many years for that to properly find roots and this is why it's so important at the moment in that what we're moving through is what are we envisioning and imagining because the next important astrological event as far as i'm concerned is the 20th of february 2026 Mm -hmm. when saturn and neptune can join at zero Aries, Mm. right on the point of the Yeshua um, point, the ascending point of the start of the tropical zodiac, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because we get the movement from, say, Libra and the descent from Libra in the nocturnal signs towards Aries as being the pass of the initiate, Mm. you know, the internal growth. And then we go out into the world from Aries through to Libra again, you know, in, in terms of our way of approaching or teaching or sharing, you know, so it's a very uh, seminal time that we have and I was just Mm going to say that the human condition has been trained to be Mm warlike for as long as we understand the patriarchy. And so uh, my own personal frustration with reading some of the astrology, uh, you know, um, written out there is that there's always this correlation of this is going to create war, everything creates war. And I think what the astrology highlights is, the consciousness and what's moving in the collective, that is trying to steer bit by bit us away from those conflict guises. Mm. Which, to sound controversial here, I know for a fact that astrology is being used by people in positions of power to steer yeah. it, under it, these it, it's seminal moments.
0: Like 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 lots yeah. or, or all of of the mm. the different crafts and and yeah. art form that that might, might start in uh, in a grassroots way, and. We talked about order out of chaos earlier and and the powers that be using these times to often in very Machiavellian ways to project their own intentions and power. And that tends to have a kind of negative conspiratorial spin. So what I want to kind of talk about is these times also being incredible moments where the, the mass of humanity can actually start to take some power back as well there's a paradox in it like when you when you look at what's happened since since the pandemic the movement of wealth Mm. has disproportionately and exponentially increased from the working and middle class up into Mm. the let's say the one percent and the the control measures that are Mm. that are being put in place Mm. around the world in, Mm. in different nations as a result of the pandemic but there is also a movement towards people like you say waking up to something greater something bigger yeah. going on and and also people activating like more of a, a purpose in how they're living and bringing more meaning into their life and well, that, that's that's correlating with the same period in time so yeah and, and this is that? where this
1: is where conscious awareness comes in because whilst it does go in conspiratorial to say that there are powers that be that are using the vibrational understanding of the waveforms of consciousness Mm -hmm. to their own end. And that's been done, it's very well documented and I can attest as a a working astrologer, I've been consulted on myriad times through my career by people in government, by people in decision-making process, by people in industry, people at the top of the professions trying to use astrology for their own egoic gains, which has created ideological and uh, conflicts of integrity uh, down through my career. Yeah. In you know, do I choose to perpetuate that, or or not? But that's yeah. a that's another conversation. What's that J P Morgan quote? Millionaires don't use astrology. But billionaires, billionaires do. <laughs> it's a slightly misquoted guys, yeah. but the sentiment is yeah. actually there because you know for. But, but you have some first hand experience of people. I have a positions. lot of yeah. a lot of stories to, yeah. to, to, to to you know in that guys and first hand experience of uh, at, at yeah. governance level as well as, you know, uh, people in positions of responsibility whose decision making can have an impact on tens of thousands of individuals Mm -hmm. as opposed to just or millions. Yeah. Yeah. So but that aside, um, there are like I, I, you know, uh, we as individuals tend to attract certain types of, you know, types of individuals and I attract a, a certain type of client. I attract a certain type of individual more often than not. And the stories that I've been hearing of away from the public domain, away from regular newsprint of shifts that are happening within societal structures and new ways of being starting at grassroots level to come up as people are starting to move away from the formal guise of hierarchical governance into creating more circular, inclusive, Mm. you know, cooperative you know yeah. guys which is also very and i do expect that to consolidate itself during yeah. this saturn and pisces period this is this is aquarian themed as well right well we're about 300 maybe 400 years away from the age of aquarius is well, 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 I mean, but yes I, yeah. I i take your point mm-hmm. no i take your yeah. point i really do but we, we have pluto in in aquarius as well which is, 21st of january yeah, yes yeah. we're mm-hmm. and then back more formally in november of this year <laughs> uh, and certainly i think was that's another topic which is the detoxification and empowerment and the fecund emergence of a different form of a consciousness Mm -hmm. that tends to emerge when Pluto is gradually moving itself through certain tropical signs of the zodiac Um, certainly uh, with May of this year and of December of this year being in harmonic resonance with this core seed of January 2020 I do expect that Choice points are going to be made during May and December mm-hmm. for all of us collectively of how are we steering mm. this redistribution of power. Just to go back to your comment about yeah. the financial uh, redistribution of power, if you go back to 82 to 88, stockbrokers in the 70s in America, so a lot of them had second jobs because they weren't making enough money out of the stockbroking, which I think is mind blowing for most of us now because you think of stockbrokers now, you think of the Wolf of Wall Street. And you think of the, the, the decadent amount of wealth that has mm-hmm. been generated by the stock markets. And that's, that was enabled by the Republican administration in America mm-hmm. to open up the market to hypothetical algorithms. Yeah. And this steering into a form of capitalism, which I don't think was ever envisioned by yeah. those who were creating capitalism. But if you go back to the redistribution of power post-Second World War, you know, which is an amazing transfer towards America of a lot of sovereign wealth mm-hmm. and decision making of Europe, you know, because I mean, with the greatest specs, some of the reasons why they got involved had nothing to do with humanitarian yeah. guises, but to bolster the economy that collapsed in the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, late nineteen yeah. twenties early nineteen thirties, to consolidate America as the global superpower. But you also see another redistribution of power that was taking place. Back prior just coming up to the First World War and the reasons why the First World War went to the First World War You know, we're all again economic reasons Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating to see that we're in the middle of a different type of war, you know Mm -hmm. uh, at this moment time since January of 2020 Mm -hmm. and it's not the war in Israel and Palestine or Russia and Ukraine even though that's part of it Mm -hmm. is actually a different type of economic you know, um, yeah. a war that we're in at this time, yeah, and a, and a war, a war of values, really. a war of values, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I think this is what's why the existential questions that you, you know, that we're talking about have come up. You know, where people are seriously looking at: is this the reality in the world that we want to live in? Mm-hmm. But then, and actually, it's more keenly because obviously, people's working lives. I mean, the, one, the only thing that changed for me since 2020 is more Irish people want to work online than they actually want to come <coughs> out face to face. That's the only change because, mm-hmm. you know, Irish people by nature like to be in person because right. we're a small island mm-hmm. and people would travel from Donegal or from, you know, the the Ring of Kerry to come up to Dublin just to yeah. kind of just spend a couple of hours and have a chat. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, no, I can get on Zoom, you know. Yeah. Um, and so with people now having, you know, a little bit more time at the disposal and certainly the beautiful thing about, you know, the, the so-called lockdowns, you know, where a lot more people had a lot more time to actually really look at their relationships, mm-hmm. to look at, you know, um, I mean, the amount of—I don't know about people in your world, but the amount of people I you taking up the guitar or the piano, you yeah. know, and uh, yeah. the banjo and the fiddle, yeah. so you know, it's, writing poetry, it's bringing,
0: bringing creativity, bringing meaning, bringing, which yeah, is now transcendence, and, and, and now they're wanting to share that yeah. and have a different life, yeah, but al- also exploring. Uh, the nature of reality and also exploring into history and into geopolitics and into conspiracy something i've noticed since 2020 is people are questioning more yeah people are becoming more clued in and savvy to a lot of the nefarious stuff that goes
1: on Mm. in in power you Mm. know and and keeping in mind one quick thing here kian is that one of the reasons why astrology has been written out of history, and it has been written mm-hmm. out of history, which is why it was so important for you know astrology, the concept of Project Hindsight, which was three Roberts that started to learn, you know, ancient languages to start to retranslate a lot of the texts that historians had just dismissed astrology and to actually look at the astrology in that, is because astrology is one of those disciplines that gets you to look internally and to ask questions, which is the existential question, the typical Scorpio uh, rising question, why? Mm-hmm. You know that yourself having that that, that signature. Which can why? get you in trouble. <laughs> it can, because nobody likes the question why, yeah. because there's no solid <laughs> answer to why. Mm-hmm and in a way but it's the beginning of a journey it's right? the beginning and, yeah. and that's you're absolutely right it's yeah. one of the shifts that has gone on at a, a deeper level within western culture i can't speak for the african continent i can't speak for the asian continent because i don't live there but certainly in western culture the question of why is this you know why are people so unhealthy why are people so disconnected so disconnected and that's part of this Piscean, which yeah. is why I think the psychedelic movement has kind of increased. Because if you look at the trends through the 50s of disconnection, mm-hmm. that started to people wanting connection again in the, in, in the 60s. It's a different form of disconnection now because it tends to be phones, yeah. you know, and yeah. the isolationism mm-hmm. in that guy's decompartmentalization and looking for that unity. I,
0: I, f- I feel like there there's a there's more of a recognition of that though the, the harmful effects of technology and how it's yeah. atomizing us and disconnecting us and yeah. i think that that's also a, a saturn in pisces kind of moment as yes. well as people waking up to the deeper meaning of things and mm-hmm. and if technology is anything it's superficial mm-hmm. and trivial you mm-hmm. know it, it connects us Which but it the... also disconnects us from from yeah. our our, our
1: humanity and our essence which is also the importance that you've raised of storytelling you know Mm -hmm. and how because stories and art and music are like if you think of the 1916 revolution and the people behind that back in ireland you know um, was it was came from the right brain it came yeah. from the artists the poets the mm-hmm. storytellers yeah do you know it didn't come from politicians it yeah. didn't come from industrialists yeah, you, you don't evoke
0: patriotism true no, rationality you don't you you, you it kill to the, the, the heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: and you know this is why i also do believe cynically why there's been a suppression and a uh, equal temperedness around art and music gradually yeah. over the last the, the last couple of decades because the power in sound and tone and storytelling is evocative and it awakens and enlivens the human spirit as opposed to suppressing it. Mm -hmm. And so whilst, you know, there's certain people who might listen to this and say, ah, you know, again, back to the sci-fi, back to the fantasy. Mm -hmm. Actually, the the beautiful thing about sci-fi is taking reality and envisioning where it can be, taking concepts in fantasy and playing with what we can be as a world. Mm But it's far enough removed that you could say, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, unrealistic. But actually, yeah, you know, really well, creates well, if, these sparks. If culture
0: is anything, it's it's the stories that that we tell ourselves. that's yeah. that's what creates culture. That's what directs culture. That's yeah. what gives us meaning. It gives us intention, both individually and, and on a mass scale. It's it's very easy, I think, in in times like what we're facing right now globally. There's mm. there's a there's a lot of fear there's a lot of darkness and a lot of heaviness it's very easy to get pulled into that and my intention with with beginning this podcast and i've called it the 11th house yeah which is the house of community it's Mm. the house of coming together as groups and and our and and exploring our interconnectedness is i want to create a little bit of hope Mm. maybe in the world and i want to to try to bring people together more and to unify rather than uh divide so yeah can we speak just a little bit to like moving forward
1: well like we're we're having this conversation just pre the the first lunation of the calendar year 2024 which is in cardinal earth capricorn Mm -hmm. and the construct as i've alluded to of cardinal earth is the meditation on how we are creating actively intentionally creating on this physical plane, Mm -hmm. like our reality. And there's a word called aspects in astrology and aspects really describe the harmonic relationship Mm -hmm. that planets in a symmetry context have with each other. And so, each angle like you and I are sitting opposite each other and so the concept of opposition is to bounce ideas off each other mm-hmm. It could be also to be opponents and say, oh, you yeah. know, I don't believe you But there's a tension but There's, a, there's, a, in there's the an awareness yeah. it, because all of a sudden I can't see anything other than you because yeah. you're taking up my field mm-hmm. of vision You're not that you're if I angle myself here like this my angle of where I'm looking at to the camera to yeah. where you are now Is 120 degrees yeah. You know, this is what in astrology we call a trine. It's a different type of Mm -hmm. energy interaction. Um, And so the the new moon, the closest energy connection to that new moon, right, is from Venus, the morning star in Sagittarius. It's called a decile. It's a 36-degree aspect. Now, that's part of a series of harmonics, which is called creative inspiration, but Mm -hmm. particularly at an internal guise. And so if Venus astrologically is associated with Why I'm covering my heart here is because the Venus energy actually is about heart consciousness. So we're bringing the uh, unity of spirit into physical form. And if you think of the words which are now being debased by, apologies America, by American uh, use of language, awesome and that, because most Mm -hmm. people say, oh, it's awesome, without realizing what does awesome mean? It's awe, wonder, and it's bringing that into some in embodied form. Mm-hmm. And so if Venus, which is now in the sign of Sagittarius, which is called a mutable fire. Mutable is, anytime you hear the word mutable, it means a cooperative exchange. Mm. There's a two-way interaction, and fire is about light. But fire is about vision. So this is a time of a heart-centered vision being shared to give form. And that's the first lunation. Now, why is the lunation important? Because I, I, it's, it's amazing to think that the Moon, which is so small, and just a tiny satellite of the Earth, as seen from the Earth, is the same size that our Sun is, even though the Sun is, was is it, 92 billion miles away. And um, when the two of them align with each other, because in astrology we call the Sun the outlight out and the Moon the inlight. And the two of them, the, light, the union of lights together, which creates this holistic interaction between the, the expressive light and the felt light. The two of them every every month or every 13 a a solar year Align with each other giving an opportunity to replenish the light of a particular consciousness Mm -hmm. Which is about how we create form and the first lunation of 24 is all with Venus Which is how do we share Mm -hmm. and exchange our creative values? How do we create harmony? And how do we create you know a a sense of togetherness Mm -hmm. in a real terms around whether it's our friendships you know, whether it is around our relationships mm-hmm. or whether it's in ourselves, you know, to find that homeostasis between the yin and the yang balance. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's fascinating for you anyway in this podcast that it's come together as we're giving form You know, to a cooperative interaction of shared vision, which is actually the thesis behind, you know, the statement of the 11th house, Mm -hmm. you know, calling this the 11th house. Even though to some astrologers listening to this thing, yeah, but the 11th house is the following of futurism and of groups and that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is because you're creating a form, which is not necessarily an intimate form. You know where everyone's mm-hmm. coming together and singing kumbaya and sharing a cup of tea and a yep. bit of LSD in their cup of tea. Do you know um, where they're actually. <laughs> Did you in put initially... LSD? <laughs> yeah. Do you not taste the milk? <laughs> <laughs> um, where you're creating a sense of cooperative community, yeah. where people can have a, a conversation that varies. It's uh, it's you know, interpersonal. It's it, it's, yeah, it's, it's broad. Yeah. So so <clears> that <throat> first lunation to create a world you know, around um, a heart center to share, Mm -hmm. shared vision and creativity in a way that gives form is one of the seminal features of this, even though there's an octal to Saturn, which Mm -hmm. means that we're also having to overcome our own shadow and our own enemies of our soul. And I mean, how many people do you know of that have had a hard 2023, do you know? Um, And being worn down by Mm -hmm. family members, you know dying you know breakup of relationships breakup of you know uh so, so uh, societal you know yeah. uh frameworks solidity around changing working yeah. environments and so whilst that's, that's a, a breakdown it's a breakdown yeah, but that's yeah. part of what we've been discussing mm-hmm. that you know this breakdown of six years as we as a society are asking ourselves what do we want to see mm-hmm. you know and that's why having something like your podcast where you're having people you know, putting out questions or, you know, pondering, you know, uh, questions, because I firmly believe that there's a lot more happening at grassroots level. That's incredibly empowering, incredibly purposeful, incredibly buoyant than what we're reading in the newspapers. You know Mm -hmm. because I'm hearing this from clients all over the world, you know Like there's this movement along the the border of the United States of America and Canada that they're taking power away from You know DC and Toronto by lawyers and accountants Mm -hmm. and farmers to set up their own system Independently of what's happening in Ottawa and what's happening in DC But you're not hearing anything about that, you know because it's 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 and also the same thing, you know, the vast majority of people in Israel, Palestine, Gaza, they don't want the conflict there. Yeah. They couldn't care less. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they just want to get on with mm-hmm. their lives, you know, yeah. as opposed to being dealt with all the political massacrations that are mm-hmm. going on. And so I do think we're seeing more and more of that movement over this year. You know, and particularly, you know, there's this uh, alignment that's taking place in early April. Twice, sorry, the twenty first of April of Jupiter and Uranus. You know, which happens every thirteen years, uh, which is about an extraordinary breakthrough of people's awarenesses. You know, where all of a sudden it's just like, Solid, mm-hmm. it's time. So from for quantum from, shift from breakdown to breakthrough. Yeah, I want I want to
0: kind of focus the the last part of this conversation on solutions. I'd like to. To get your opinion on how individuals can utilize the energies
1: of this time in so, their
0: own lives
1: there's a complexity to the answer to that because you know individuals have their own resonance their mm-hmm. own agendas and perspectives and their own soul path i'm asking you to go like mystic meg sun sign on this yeah, and, and yeah, prescribe. which i'm not going to do yeah. <laughs> um but you know what i'm saying is that individuals have their own resonance and their own harmony with what's going on because you and i both know there's been people who have breezed through the last three years mm-hmm. they've been aware of what's going on you know but they've been breezing through it like i remember myself uh having my own recession economic recession when everyone else was just mm-hmm. loading it in and running around with loads of money yeah. and i was just saying to karen you know like are we doing something wrong here Do you know because yeah. whatever we were going through at that time was not in parallel with what the collective was yeah. so so to answer the question in a more general guys i mean one of the things with astrological weather forecasting is getting a sense of what is the zeitgeist mm-hmm. you know in general or is it conducive towards? So this notion that we were talking about Saturn and Pisces means that there is a background flow that is conducive to giving form to a shared co-creative interaction of imagination. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's involved in work, you know, or activities that are about creating a story, you know, are going to find that there's a greater level of harmony, mm-hmm. you know, to support the Free movement of that energy than it might have been say a couple of years ago Which yeah. we could put a couple of years ago into well nothing much was happening because people couldn't work or mm-hmm. because there were pand- You know restrictions and protocols in place that were restricting creative expression that the creative expression was internal mm-hmm. and Private but not necessarily public, you know in that case. I mean how many rock musicians were making videos on zoom, you know, and then connecting with the drummer on zoom and trying mm-hmm. to put that together which is an, an, an impossible there's, task there's, to do there's so much challenge yeah. there yeah so in that guys um you know my counsel you know for anybody who's looking at the very the plethora of astrology that's on youtube and listening to astrologers forecasts and that is to to listen to the overall macro weather mm. you know um, and then try to feed that back into where they're at of their own individual guys, like, you know, I could talk about what you're moving through in mm-hmm. terms of your own uniqueness, which would be relevant for you. But other people listening, saying, I'm not in the same space that key and yeah. So the new moons, the new moons, the 13 of them every year represent periods of pause to see, you know, like, for example, this one, how am I actually contributing to the construct of my own reality? Mm-hmm. This one is unique in that it's a Venus New Moon, which means that there's more of a creative, heart-centered, you know, expression to this than it might be next New Moon. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next one is in Aquarius, so the February lunation is going to be more about how is my voice? Am I being able to articulate more Mm -hmm. clearly my own inner perspectives? You know, the Piscean one in March is going to be, you know, how am I emotionally co-creating with the world around me? Than the Aries one in in, in in April is going to be what am I actually giving expression of my own vision into the world? Not not what Kean wants to do. What do I want to create in the world? Mm-hmm. Now, within that, guys, um, there are other moments through this time, like for example, coming up into April, where there's a massive shift, you know, this breakthrough in awareness and belief giving, uh, giving uh, rise to a sense of greater sense of hope or a greater mm-hmm. sense of I can now see the light yeah. you know I can see um, a sense of where I can take this you know because I mean if you um, if you look at the hardship of the heavy energy that is uh, that has moved moved through the collective over the last couple of years um, uh, you make connotation of that feeling of you know flatness that a lot of people have been experiencing as well as the disconnect you know, this orientation of mm-hmm. where 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 is my place in the world. But also a reenchantment and, and yeah. openness coming yeah. into people's experience. And so I do think people will start experiencing on a collective guys yeah. more of that euphoricness around April. That said. Are May, we making a prediction? <laughs> no, but May energetically is a choice point that we have you know, essentially three and a half years four, nearly four years after this seminal redistribution of power. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, I think the uh, I would say to, to people on mass, don't be deluded by and hoodwinked by some of the hyperbole that governance uh, is. Yeah currently doing mm-hmm. by you can start to see even in ireland they're distancing away from some of the decisions they made with bringing certain mm. nations into this country the last couple of years because yeah. they're starting to see the optics on some certain of the legislation some legislation being brought around the
0: back of that narrative we
1: still know that the COVID um 19 digital passports are being unopposed being put through mm-hmm. in the european union you know to create potentially a digital id yeah that still hasn't gone away but i did are, just see this morning
0: uh um, massive protests of german farmers setting upon the capital in their tractors and spraying manure
1: no i didn't
0: see that myself. yeah yeah so, so, there, so is, there is like there's there it's is both th- sides right Yeah, and, and, I mean, and i do
1: think to to your point uh, that you've made already kian is that the cynicism and the fact that people can't trust what they're reading you mm-hmm. know uh because i mean i, I i've never no disrespect to suspect anybody who's a journalist watching this but i've never really trusted journalists yeah well there's from so few actual experience. journalists out there yeah. anymore so yeah no i agree And yeah. just because of how astrology has been treated mm-hmm. and how i have you know had personal experiences of writing in the public domain and then seeing the end product having yeah. nothing to do with what yeah. i had actually written yeah. and how it spun mm-hmm. so outside of that end of things um you know, uh, and outside of the emergence of other alternative news sources, and I'm mm-hmm. talking just conspiracy, but just people who don't have an agenda other than to yeah. report, you know mm-hmm. in a broader context what is actually going on. Yeah. I think we're going to see more and more through May to December of you know that sort of uh, turning point in mm-hmm. like we now need to see proper action and proper solidness around yeah this redistribution of power. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if I was to be prophetic in that, I mean, the United States of America is the main hub of mm-hmm. tension of this year leading up to, yeah. well, I think, I think
0: everybody can see that. Yeah. You don't have to be an astrologer for that. The, the United States is going to be pivotal. So, yeah. so a word we've mentioned a lot, um, is conspiracy. And, and the word comes from conspire, which mm. is to breathe together. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, as two or more people in a room mm. talking, Yes. about ideas, about the world, mm. about alternative versions of events and, and reality. So we, we, are, we are conspiring right now. Mm. And it's, 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 it's easy to, yeah, the, 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 the way the world has gone mm. since 2020 mm. and, and how things have transpired, it's easy to have a conspiratorial mindset. Mm. And I think that's because there is a shift in consciousness taking place right mm. now. Mm-hmm. and the the powers that be are aware of that on mm. some level and are and are panicking mm. and are and are, are trying to restrict it so so i'm really hopeful for for the next well
1: there's also through three other things there i mean there's obviously there's a whole generation of new humans that are being born in mm-hmm. with a very different level of awareness yeah. baseline awareness i mean whilst you could argue the point that pro- you know progressively through time even though my recent public posts are suggesting that are we progressing or regressing in time you know and is time linear or is it fractal yeah. and multi multi-dimensional probably both oh very much so because yeah. i mean certainly our experience on our organic basis of time's arrow is there but actually you know as i'm speaking you know there's a you can sense other different Realities mm-hmm. you know, coexisting, but whilst we have a new generation of individuals that are being born and we 're not just talking about kind of millennials and gen zs and mm-hmm. gen alphas or whatever the terminology <sighs> happens to be there 's also more importantly this reemergence of this notion of soul or spirit, and that more people are kind of you know starting to look at like i i 've certainly noticed in my circle people are no longer using the terminology of source or is or or, 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 or They're going light. direct to God. They're going direct to God. Yeah. Now, whilst that's been spun as being the far right and the Christian far right yeah. and religious guys, that is actually anything far from the point because yeah. ultimately, you know, the existential question, why leads you down a spiritual route, yeah. not a religious route, but a spiritual route. Yeah. And that starts asking questions because most people note, notice, that their solutions are multifaceted and not just binary and yeah. not just linear. Yeah. And that requires, to your point of that, you're saying that there's a renaissance on an astrology globally, mm-hmm. to my point well, well, is.
0: Well, it, it's, it's a it's a reenchantment of, yeah.
1: of reality. Um, yeah. And just speaking to uh, people
0: reconnecting with God yeah. directly yeah. And, and using that word um, explicitly, and, and religion and Christianity also having a resurgence um and the powers that be using that spinning Mm. it into well it correlates with political beliefs that are right leaning or far right my younger brother over christmas i discovered has converted to christianity of his own accord my younger brother is Uh definitely not far right (laughs) But, but I think for me that, that that's a sign that there, there's something there's something else there, you know, yeah. that, that's not just the influence of culture. It's, no. it's something deeper. It's something more pervasive. Because,
1: I mean, we in Ireland might talk a bit more explicitly about it. Other nations don't talk as mm-hmm. explicitly. This is a global phenomenon that's going yeah. on where there is this awareness that, you Know life without soul, life without purpose and meaning, and we're not talking about material purpose and meaning, not about getting your house and getting a nice car, or getting a good job, and that, but that has you know, because I think a lot of what has actually been like I remember that that first uh, March uh, 27th, uh, 2020, when the Irish government closed everything down, you know, I remember you know, uh, the quietness and the hearing of nature and the hearing of birds, mm-hmm. and no traffic in that, and just loving it, Remind, reminding mm-hmm. me what it was like as a kid actually, because yeah. uh, I'm obviously old, and remembering <laughs> what it was like in Ireland of old in itself, but energetically, that sat with so many people of like, I'm not so sure the sort of the speed and tempo of the world yeah. Is what I want yeah. you know in that guys now obviously people have got mortgages a lot of people's marriages have collapsed and relationships yeah collapsed because the framework of yeah. how we are and this obsession this counter this notion I believe also in God is the further you push people into ego and yeah. the identification of I I'm Irish I'm a man mm-hmm. I'm you know white I'm blue-eyed I'm yadda yadda yaddy. yaddy, yaddy. The more of that is pushing against the universal Piscean consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, which is, no, yeah. we're actually all at the, 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 at the basic rub of things, we're made of the same matter, we mm-hmm. have the same hopes and aspirations, though we're going to express it individually different differently, and mm-hmm. this is where this notion of God consciousness comes back in, yeah. you know, in that unity, that search for something Unified Sorry, the only reason I put my hand up there is just because we're all trained into believing that God's up there Yeah, as opposed well, to it's actually not it's a yeah, field. Yeah. that is But but it's it's the us.
0: it's the, the symbolism the archetype that it is the yeah, you know, Overseer yeah, 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 you
1: know yeah. and that guys and yeah. so I do think part of what we're going to see with the shift in a acceleration in April is more explicitness mm-hmm. around the enchantment or the exploration of yeah. alternative consciousness which as you say is con- considered nowadays to be conspiratorial, mm-hmm. you know uh, thought process because if it actually goes ac- against the narrative of how we're being told we should be you know because if you mm-hmm. think of some of the movies and stories that have uh, flooded through the the screens in the last number of years There it's a very cynical ploy of box ticking you know as opposed to is it telling a story in itself because I think again part of the Pluto and Aquarius issue which I'm excited about is the libidinal freeing up of confidence which has been suppressed to help people express their opinions and ideas however I will put a caveat in here that if I trigger you the first thing you should be doing is questioning what is it about Andrew that i'm actually feeling comfortable with rather than saying you're an effing x y and z mm-hmm. you know it's like taking that time looking, looking in and to look inwards yeah. and if after that process one still can't maintain neutrality. Well then that's a different situation yeah. entirely. But yeah. we're now still so not have that reactiveness, yeah. which is hey listen, I've been oppressed for so long, I'm telling right. you that this is not right. Yeah. It's like no hang on a second here. Let let's let's have a conversation, let's reflect. Let's reflect. Let's yeah. And let's have time. an adult mature conversation. Yeah. Say, you know what, Ken? what you just said, I'm uncomfortable with, but mm-hmm. that's okay. But I'm uncomfortable with so what can we do about that yeah. discomfort actually actually it's not my responsibility to do yeah. with your discomfort you deal with it But if I am actually putting myself in tension in a way to make you discomfort uh, uncomfortable different situation entirely yeah. you know, and I do think that we're gradually going to see a Maturing process because it is interesting if we just go back to history the reason why there was so much revolution in the 1770s, 1780s and 1790s, which is the last time that Pluto was in Aquarius Mm -hmm. was a knee jerk reaction to feudalism Mm -hmm. and towards the totalitarianism that people didn't have a voice and weren't being listened to, which is a a, a wrong analogy, but a bit like JP Morgan's uh, astrologers, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, millionaires don't use astrology astrologers, but billionaires do. It's the same thing with, Marie Antoinette's Let them Eat Cake, that was misquoted, but yeah. it's a it's an archetypal expression. Yeah. It becomes of, a trope. Yeah. And, and people connect to that. Yeah. And it it defines something. Yeah, it was yeah. a disconnect of yeah. the authorities at the time, not looking what the people yeah. were going through. Yeah. You know, and that ignorance piece, which actually was the catalyst for people to express their voice. Now, yeah. yes, to your point they expressed it in violence, which doesn't necessarily always that that perpetuates division as opposed mm-hmm. to what we should be doing. But, but but it doesn't have to be that. No, it doesn't. And I think that this movement back to God consciousness and awareness of something more and this universality that's going on that yeah. a lot more people are aware of, that the internet positively has brought a lot more people together in closeness mm-hmm. that they would never have done before and realizing Actually, there are other people out there. To your yeah. point about the Renaissance, the apparent Renaissance in yeah. astrology, the people who did it privately, and I'm saying, oh Jesus, there's loads of groups out yeah. there that are weird, like and me. Let,
0: let's let's start meeting up face to face. you know. Like, well, this like is it. I think people are are starting to move beyond the the bounds of the virtual space, and and, and and again, it's that counter of the mainstream wants to push us deeper into it with VR and augmented reality, and people are like. I'm not so sure about that I think yeah I think I'm all old, feeling old-fashioned about this and and this
1: goes back to the fact that you know there are three states of consciousness this cardinality yeah. to create mm-hmm. this fixity to uh, to hold, hold an anchor yeah. and then there's mutability which yeah. is to share and exchange mm-hmm. and you know at this point in time to conspire to, to literally to conspire to, mm-hmm. to share exchange to conspire to yeah. to interact with each other is is something that with the, the shifts and movements that are going on in this yeah. redistribution of power, I think it's dawned on most people is that no matter how technologically sophisticated we get, you can't bring around, you can't, can't take from an encounter. Yeah, An encounter is really important. And yeah. I think that's part of the key phrase for yeah. this solar year, given that. Yeah,
0: it's a beautiful, a beautiful note to end things on as well, I think. Um, thank you so much, oh, listen, Andrew. Thank you. It's been an absolute pl- pleasure. And... Uh, you write frequently on you, you post on your blog, on your website, but you also frequently post on Instagram your your writings? Yeah,
1: Instagram, Telegram, yeah. Facebook, now on LinkedIn as well, believe mm-hmm. or not. But also we do kind of webinars and do chats and and this. But I'm very honoured to be asked, so thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's an honour
0: to sit down with you. And And it's been been so
1: much fun. I've really enjoyed this. And I really hope that this is the start of a great thing for you and for those in your community.
0: Yeah, I I feel like it will be. And um, you also take clients, right? People can get in touch with you through your website. Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, the a wait list because unfortunately... Okay, so maybe, maybe we don't want to... <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's great. No, what yeah. I'm saying is that unfortunately, to your point at the very beginning, there are so few astrologers globally who dedicate solely their entire convictions yeah. to the path that the lead-in time to have a, a session with those individuals is a little bit yeah. longer than those who are either just starting off the path or mm-hmm. those who supplement their yeah, life yeah, with... Yeah different forms of modalities Mm -hmm. of healing you know or therapy and that so but yes no absolutely i do see clients on a regular basis
0: can we sit down january next year again and do the same absolutely delighted to do so awesome pleasure thank you so much thank you